debates, roasting, and fun in Jeet Nation's newest podcast, Breaking Ring Rust. And it starts right now. Welcome back, Jeeks, wrestling fans from around the world. I am your host, Rocky Mr. Magic. He is the cold heart, JT. And this is another episode of Breaking Ring Rust by Jeek Nation. Today, we have a fun show for you. We are going to talk a bit about the long, extensive list of released wrestlers from the WWE. We're going to talk a little bit uh, about our one of our favorites, Asuka. And uh, we're going to talk about a pay-per-view a little bit here. So to start, we're going to go into this extensive list of releases from the WWE. If you're not familiar, listeners, and you should be as a wrestling fan, after WrestleMania, there is always releases by the WWE. It's clockwork. I mean, the WrestleMania is essentially their Super Bowl. It's the end of their season, essentially. And after WrestleMania starts, technically like their new year. If you had a calendar based off of... For it's WWE, essentially their fiscal year. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's the biggest payday that you get if you're a wrestler for WWE. WrestleMania is the end of the year. After that, the new year starts and things start afresh. So uh, being released after WrestleMania is not an uncommon thing. And from there, JT is going to share a little bit of what he thinks about this year's releases. Okay. So this year was a little bit different for a couple reasons. One, they said they were doing it for a cost-cutting measure. The estimates and what they said they were cutting um, would be uh, up to uh, $703,000 a month for their talent cuts. Um, At the same time, and, and they're saying they're doing this because of uh, you know, uh, revenues are down due to the, the COVID outbreak. Yes. However, at the same time, the, the, the human in me says this is exactly why they should not be doing talent releases. Um, and whether it's on screen or behind the scene talent at releases, because it's not like these people can go elsewhere and find work. Right. You know, because here's the thing, uh, and I think we touched on this a little bit in the last episode. It was just a few years ago that if you got released by WB, hey, great, I can go find work in Japan. I can go find work in TNA, Honor, T, you know, TNA. I can go and, you know, work with a bunch of different indies and I can make as much, if not more, than I'm making and reinvent myself. Drew McIntyre being a great example of somebody who did that. Mm-hmm. Um, Cody. Yeah. Um, you know, people like that. The young bucks who've never, they never made it in WWE and yet have made probably more than they would have. Right. Well, some of people have actually been with WWE, but like Cody did that. Uh, yeah. Drew did that. Um, you know, Drew came back and was a bigger name. You know, right. if if Cody came back, which is unlikely in in the near future, but if he Cody came back, he would be a bigger name. Yeah. So if so, now with no one really worldwide running shows. 
you don't have that opportunity. Correct. So it's so I mean they're going to get paid their downsides for you know the next like 90 days or whatever but essentially they're out of luck beyond that and so uh the businessman in me and i do work for a fortune like 25 company and i work with high finance so i understand that but part of me that's this the moral that's the compassionate person says that's exactly why you don't do it Mm -hmm. you know um and uh really kind of bummed me out at the same time when you look at the list there were some people that have been company people with them over a decade or close to a decade that I'm like, why would you ever let these guys go? Yes. Um, and because they're, if nothing else, uh, you know, the term good hands, um, mm-hmm. you know, why would you let them go when they can prepare talent for the future, when they can get people over, when they can make people look good, when they we can do things with them. And there were some people who have really bright futures ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Um, that you can do a lot with. So why don't we jump into it? The first person I had on my my list was Rusev. Now, this is a guy who they never fully tapped his potential. Um, At WrestleMania 31, they really dropped the ball with him by having him drop the belt to Cena. Sure did. And then lose the Russian chain match to Cena and so on. And then they got into the goofy feud with him and Dolph and Lana and Summer. and, And it just went off the tracks from there and they never really got Rusev back. They, they start heating him up and they pull him back, came up, pull him back. And, and Rusev got hot the whole Rusev day thing. And, and that he, was, that was amazing. He got himself over. Right. But that's what they don't like. And right. he, just like Zack Snyder. Right. And the thing is fans want to do something with Rusev. He's a legit athlete. He's a guy who, who looks like a beast. He, you know, he's, you know, Rusev's a guy who's kind of 30 years too late um, or 35 years too late, maybe 40 years too late because, um, and I was thinking about this, um, you know, earlier today, I started watching wrestling in 1979 is my first memory of watching wrestling. Uh, Rusev, well, he, it's not like he's out of shape or something. He does, he's not that ideal body. You know? he's, not a, he's not a muscle right. guy. Right. He's he's muscular, but he's more of a power lifter than a than a bodybuilder. Right. But if he had come along in 1979, 1980, up to 85, so, you know, in, in a territory, mm-hmm. my gosh, would that guy have been over because he looked like a monster. And he would have been a top, top heel, um, especially with the Russian gimmick. Yeah. Um, he but he has so much talent. He did so much stuff to get over and every time they start heating him up they pull him back and then a few years ago to me still the thing that makes me scratch my head the most was when they were going to have him feud with randy orton for the world title and then they pulled him back and put gender hall in there and you have mm. then we have gender hall who still in my opinion and a lot of people's opinion the worst wwe champion of all time and he you have gender in there um, I know a lot of people say great Cali, but here's the thing. And here's why I say him more than great Cali, because at least great Cali was a giant. Mm-hmm. And if you legit got in a fight with great Cali, great Cali is probably going to whip you. Gender was a jobber and was presented as a jobber for years. Right. And then all of a sudden he's the world champion. You know, well, it, it was also after he transformed his body into something that looked impressive but 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 he thing was 
look at what he was doing just a few weeks before that. He still had the body, but a few weeks before that, he's doing jobs on Raw. Yeah. And but before, at least he looked like someone right, that could but, be champion. But I mean, there was a guy in in Crockett in nineteen eighty seven, the guy named Todd Champion. Todd Champion had a great look, great body. Um but you know, and there was a guy named Lee Scott back in, in the turn early Turner days who had a great look too. But if you took those guys from doing jobs on syndication and on uh Saturday at six oh five and made them world and had them one of them beat Rip Flair, no one would have bought it. Oh yeah, I mean the way they booked it, I, yeah, it, it didn't make sense. Like to me, you you have to take you have to take them off TV for a while, and bring them back before you throw the belt on them if you're going to do that. Right, and and it it didn't make sense. And you can't have a guy you tell me he you know this guy sucks and he was at WrestleMania, and gets made look like a goof by Mojo Rawley and mm-hmm. the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, and I'm supposed to believe he's a legit world champion. No, it, it just doesn't work for me. And, um, you know, there was nothing to explain what's the transition. What, did, you know, did he go and, and, and train and learn something new? Did he go and study with this? You know, in the 80s, they would have had him go to India and train with some mystic. And, you know, right. there would have been some story behind it. Mm-hmm. But there would have been, been a vignette right. behind it and other things. Yeah. Right. So with Rusev, I think they dropped the ball. I think if I think he's someone AEW could get and could make them legitimate because mm-hmm. he is a name and he's someone who's legitimate and he's mm-hmm. not a cosplay wrestler. Um, he is not a um, he's someone who's real and you could put him in there and go, okay, he's believable. Yeah. You know, and he's not someone who's going to go out there and, you know, do a move and then turn around and throw jazz hands and wink at the crowd. You know, I mean, if he did, probably funny, but yeah, not his style. Right. So I I think they I I think they got what they wanted more out of him than anything else, which was his wife. But they dropped the ball with her a long time ago, too. Yeah. Um, they should have turned her in 2015 and left her turn. Um, and they, you know, but they messed that up. What they should have done was once they did that initial turn and they were doing the whole stoop, it was stupid. The, the angle, the way they did it was stupid with her and Dolph and Summer and all that. Right. They should have just said, look, neither one of you guys post anything on social media about the two of you. And if you do, we're firing both of you and you're never coming back, you know have fun and impact, you know, or TNA at the time, right. Have fun there. But they, they didn't do that and they let that get out of hand. But, you know, Lana was so hot. I'm not talking physically. I'm just talking about popularity Mm -hmm. in 2015. I mean, not that she wasn't physically hot too, but everybody was just enamored with Lana in 2015, you know, and so to me, like there was a there was a lot of missed opportunities with Rusev, a lot of missed opportunities with Lana as well. Um, the, the next person I have, well, let me ask you. Um, some of these ones kind of uh, stick out a bit to me, and I really want to get your thoughts on them. Kurt Angle, 
that was my next person anyway. Cool. Okay, Kurt Angle, to me, Kurt Angle's the guy that once they hired him back, they should have kept him forever, period. No question. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially when they hired Kurt back and said, okay, Kurt, come off the independent scene. You're back home. And they did that whole video yes. uh, show of him. And they did, they got him in the Hall of Fame and they brought him back in and they had him retire and everything and, and get out of the the rhythm of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um at that point, they should have said, okay, Kurt, we're going to have you doing something, whether you're a brand ambassador, um, you're a general manager, you're a spokesperson, you're um, a charity person, you're, you know, uh, you're part of our uh, wellness program or what have you. Right. Um, but they should have always had a job for Kurt Angle because um, Kurt could have still been tearing it up out there in the Indies um, mm. doing something. Um but I don't think Kurt Angle's a guy. Kurt Angle, that one really bothered me. I think Kurt's a guy that they should have just said, um, there's always a position for you, whether it's part of their Make-A-Wish program or, you know, be a star, you know, anything like that. He should have always had a position with the company. I agree. And, and, it, and once they had him actually go out and retire, they took him from where he was wrestling every night. And Kurt talked about it several times. When they let him wrestle, he's wrestling like, five minutes six minutes that's not what he's used to and it was harder on him to do that than to go out and have 20 minute matches like he was used and he you know once they got him out of that then they should have just said okay kurt we're gonna hey you got a lifetime job um and you're gonna be doing something until you want to really really retire and and stay at home with your wife and you know do whatever right and that was and that was to me was was absolute crap yeah, that was that was a big one for me too. Yeah, um, and then and this other one I want to ask you about definitely was a big one for me, just especially because of his longevity with the company. And that Zach is Ryder. Re- no, that is referee Mike Kyoto. Yeah, that that one was a big one to me because Kyoto has been around forever. He's one of the best referees in the business. I don't think people generally understand what it takes to be a referee because there's so much that you communicate. Uh, to the wrestlers that you're mm-hmm. doing to keep the pace of the match that you're doing to cover up for things that you're doing to communicate wrestler and wrestler if there's an issue that you're doing to communicate to the back that you're doing to communicate from the back to the wrestlers so there's a lot of things they do and and Mike Kyoto was doing it from a time where they didn't have the interior pieces and doing yep. things to where you know maybe somebody would give a, a hand sign from the 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 timekeeper's table or Mm -hmm. from gorilla or what have you, depending on what it was back then. He he's come a long way. He's been with them since 1989 and he's really one of the best. And when someone's been with you that long, if they want to stay with you um, as a point of loyalty, you keep them there. Period. You know, that, that that one, that one shocked me. I just, I think 30 years with the company. Yeah. Yeah. 31. Yeah. 31 years it's like yeah i mean so, some of these other names you know i mean you mentioned uh you know rusev day and you know aiden english being a part of that you know with some other you know some other people like that like that didn't shock me but someone like kyoto that just like you, you mentioned the loyalty it was him and angle like you you, you couldn't have found some other way to cut costs 
you right. know, then, then people like that, that just doesn't make sense. Right. Um, well, on the, the longevity side, though, you also, you know, mentioned Zach Ryder. Zach Ryder and, and Kurt Hawkins. Think about this. Mo well, a lot of people only know Kurt Hawkins as just even from the last few years as the guy who had the big losing streak. And Zach, and, and Zach Ryder, even from when he was like the internet champion, people forget that those guys did the whole Edgeheads thing. Yep, they were right. the Edgeheads. And, and that was in like 2007, 2008. Yeah. So that I mean, they've been with the company well over a decade, and they they didn't you know they've been there consistently and always doing something. And those are guys who I'm talking about that are good hands. Zach Ryder is oh, yeah. he ever going to be you know world champ? Is he ever going to be the guy that's you know burning the building down? No. no. But he it can be someone who can kind of shape the coming generation. Kurt Hawkins can too. And you can use them to establish stars. You can use them to, uh, for a, a pop to get, hey, when you go to a house show or you've got a pay-per-view event to start, you can bring those guys out. Hey, their names people recognize and get the crowd started. You know? Oh, yeah. And they're, they're, and they're both, I mean, the writer a bit more entertaining than Hawkins, but they're both yeah, entertaining, certainly. you know, as far as character-wise. And then, like you said, they're both very good in ring, you right. know. And I was actually hoping... You know, and you, despite, you know, how much I don't like Edge, I was hoping for an Edgehead reunion, like, cause, because, you know, we, we know that there is concern over Edge's health. Like, it would make sense to me to have a little bit of a reunion to have him had two guys that he worked with that can take, you know, bumps for him while he's in whatever storyline, you know? Right. Well, I mean, there's there's a couple other people that have been around for a while. Um, that it even got pushes lately, like Eric Rowan. I mean, yes, Rowan, that... Rowan had pinned roman reigns not in the fall yeah and now he's gone he'd been with the company for you know quite, quite a while he's a very under uh, underrated talent in my opinion um he moves very well for a big guy he can work like he's not a big guy mm -hmm. um i've always been a big fan of his and now he's gone um, and, and and it's like they weren't using him. I mean, this guy was you know he was on raw they were doing that whole what's in the box gimmick mm -hmm. you know, with him like the only problem Eric Rowan to me has really ever had in his career is his Austin injury prone. But aside right. from that, like you can't say anything really negative about the guy. Right. Uh, you know, it's not like it's not like he's some of these other. It's not like he's a No Way Jose that's you know not getting over with the fans. Right. It's not like you know even you know Curtis Axel who a, a long time with the company. But you know, really not getting a reaction from fans. Curtis Axel is another guy that it kind of bums me that they that they let him go because he's a you know second generation wrestler. Um, you know, uh, there's a couple I want to talk about real quick that that really okay. bum me. Uh, one that really uh, that that I was really really shocked by was. Uh, Gallows and Anderson. Me too. Because you're talking about one of the best tag teams in the world. And even though they're not a tag team territory, uh, you know, this was a this was a team you heavily featured in a big match at WrestleMania. Yes. You had had them win your tag team tournament in Saudi Arabia. Yes. You had had them win the tag titles before. You had had you know, all this times. stuff. Right. You've had they've been huge in Japan and all these other places. And, you know, why when you have a team like that and you have a competitor who is trying to breathe down your throat, 
would you let a tag team like that go? It, it makes zero sense. When they you talk, have they have instant credibility right. with tag. They have the most cachet, and they basically went on Twitter the next day and said, "Okay, young bucks, when are we doing this?" Yeah, essentially. You know. Yeah. Um, and why yeah. would you let the best, arguably the best tag team on your roster, maybe? them or the revival but definitely the well, most the cachet. The best tag team on the roster but yeah but the, the most cachet like you said right. why would you let them be free to go to your rival who's actually putting an emphasis on tag team wrestling right well i mean here's the thing too uh, you had uh uh you know a cash zono chris hero gets released too yep and my first thought was oh my gosh if we could have uh cesaro claudio get released and we could reunite the kings of wrestling what a what a crockett cup we could have if we could get that i, I start getting i'm getting chills thinking about it now because if we could get because <laughs> if we could get the kings of wrestling back together and have the revival and the kings of wrestling and the briscoes and uh gallows and anderson have a crockett cup and you know all the other teams that are out yeah. there that that would be because they, you know. they could go either place. They could go to Ring of Honor. They've got history there. and We know Sinclair's got the money. We know mm-hmm. Billy Corgan could afford to pay them to. Like, yeah. that would that would give you a Crockett Cup tag tournament that would really be worth watching. Right. So, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, it. Uh, there were a lot that didn't surprise me. No way, Jose didn't surprise me. Primo and Epico. It only that only surprised me that it took this long to get rid of them. You know, we know they'll go back to to we'll go back to Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico, yeah. So, um, Sarah Logan didn't surprise me. I mean, it only the only thing that surprised me is her husband's still there. Um, Deanna Prazo, that really surprised me. Um, that one kind of hurt me a little bit because I'm a huge fan of hers. Like I said, they, I think she's never, like the she's the female Ricky Steamboat, and I, and I think they just wasted her talent. They she's, never did anything with her, right? She did, did not do anything with someone who who has that much talent and looks like she does, and can do all the things she can do is ridiculous to me. Yeah. It's it, it's when you think about. You know, because if you go, okay, well, what do we want on this dresser? We want somebody who looks like a, a Victoria's Secret model and can work like a guy and who can uh, do great things and can tell a story with a match. She's all those things. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, so it, to, to me, it doesn't make any sense. It so, does. so it's, you know, let me, uh, another one, one, you know, uh, Fit Finley being released yep. as a producer. I that that hit me hard too. Yeah. Um that I mean he's been there uh you know really since WCW closed down. Mm-hmm. That's you know, that didn't that was just like you know, Shane Helms had just come in not long ago and he's gone. Mm-hmm. Um Mike Rotunda, who's been there for a while. Uh, Scott Armstrong, who's been a referee and backstage producer for a very long time. And anyone will tell you, Scott Armstrong has a great mind for the business. Uh, another one, too, is Lance Storm, because Lance Storm literally closed his school. To and work moved. for him. Yes, to and, work for them again. And I'm like, it hasn't even been a year. And I don't, I don't think it's even been seven months. Right. And, 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 and it's like, okay, guy closes his school. Tells everybody, okay, I'm done, and then moves down. He basically made, you know, changed his entire life to accommodate you guys, and you're like, okay, well, sorry, Lance, just kidding. 
Yeah. Like, oops, you know, we we overestimated Lance. Right. That 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 to me was just. It, it was it was just crappy all around. Yeah. You know, it it, it didn't. To me, it was. It, it 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 didn't it wasn't a classy move to do no and uh how, how about uh Heath Slater huh yeah that was another one I want to talk about Heath Slater I mean a, another guy who's been there about 10 years um you know came up with the Nexus you know from the original NXT um and he you know another guy who good hand he's done a lot of things they've asked him to do. they've asked him to do a lot of stupid stuff you know yes. i mean how many people would do the whole uh you know job to legend? every legend that right, are like 800 exactly. years old right in power bomb by sid who could barely lift him right so i mean at the same time he he got himself over back in 2016 with the whole i got i kids. got kids yeah. yeah and i mean people people were into that and he you know, made, you know, he, he, he made people care about him. And then they're like, Oh, well, people aren't supposed to care about him. We can't have that getting over, God you know? Man. Yeah. So, and he, and this is why people say, you know, Vince is a millionaire who should be a billionaire because smart promoters would listen to fans and go, okay, well maybe this isn't what we had planned, but Hey, let's listen to the fans and we'll turn it their way. You know, it says, oh, you know, the fans, they, they want this, but I really know what they want. Let's, let's give them this, you know? Right. And, you know, I mean, probably, you know, the best examples have been when, you know, it's been on, oh, well, you know, they want, you know, they want, they want Daniel Bryan, but, but I, I'm giving them Roman Reigns because that's what they really want. You know, before that they want Shawn Michaels. We're giving them John Cena, you know, it's, right. you know, it, it, because he didn't listen to what the fans really the fans, wanted. Yeah. And if he did, things would go much better. And now are, are smart fans always right? No. I mean, there, I can look back and go, okay, there was a time where I thought, oh man, if like a, you know, Chris Benoit or somebody like that was world champion. Yeah. Benoit was a world champion, but did it really set the business on fire? No business was always better when you had a you know uh, a a triple h or a, you know somebody like that mm -hmm. at that point in time drew better than a benoit did right but it was you know but you know in my mind oh man you know, chris benoit just won the world title you know everything would be right with the world he's you know the best wrestler yeah. in the world you know hey, it's something um, we wanted to see right you know well, and we, we got really we got right. to see it, but what right. we really wanted to see was him chasing it and not holding it. Right. So there's a, a lot of things, but, you know, but there at the same time, if Vince gave the fans what they actually wanted and the people that were over it and pushed them instead of the people who they didn't want to see, people would actually come out and watch, you know. Um, there have been times, you know, in 87 when Macho Man started getting over, Vince gave him Macho Man. Yeah. And people came out for it. You know. And he had two top baby faces. He he ran one town with Macho Man and one town with, with, with Hogan. Hogan. Yeah. And he raked in money like hand over fist. Sure did. You know. So, you know, there's nothing you know, it's like Vince has forgotten. You can say, Okay, I you know, this guy if my fans want this guy is the champion 
and I want this guy to be the top guy. Well, this guy can still be the top guy, and the fans can have this guy as their champion, and I can, you know, yeah. I don't have to drop one guy to push the other, you know. They can give each other the rub, you know. Especially when you have two shows that are right. that have, and you've got all these championships, all these, you know, these championships. Well, you've got more to play with than you did back then, right? And 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 so it to me it just, um, it, it didn't make a lot of sense for the the way that 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 kind of switched you know past like 2002 say <clears throat> there was you know in in the 90s you know Austin, you know he he had Austin and Rock and Taker and all those guys that could be up there at the top and he wasn't like oh okay well you know Austin had to have the belt all the time because there were definitely big gaps where Austin didn't have the belt or Rock didn't have the belt yeah so they didn't always have to have the belt and but they were still the guy and they were and if they didn't have the belt they were chasing the belt they were in the picture yeah well i mean there were times where um you know where they were in another strong program you know uh look at king of the ring 99 even though that's an awful pay-per-view you had the rock challenging undertaker for the world title but vent but austin was wrestling vince for control of the company right so you can do important things yeah, most definitely. And not have, and you could give the fans what they wanted because you know you remember during that time the fans wanted Foley, mm -hmm. and he gave them Foley, and, and the fans went nuts over it. Mm -hmm. And I never, I mean, I always enjoyed Foley, especially as Cactus Jack, even in the WCW and ECW days. I never thought Foley would be world champion every anywhere. No, no, neither did I. And, and I mean, I remember watching Foley and world class um in uh you know when it was you know world class going in uswa and stuff like that mm -hmm. on espn and on uh, in the afternoons and uh you know seeing him it, you know i think people forget at one point in time mick was a small guy he yeah. was actually a, a light heavyweight champion mm-hmm and uh, I, I want to say he wrestled Eric Embry for the light heavyweight title. And um, so he, you know, so I remember seeing him back then and then going to WCW and, you know, having the clash match against Mil Mascaris and going from there. And I think I've told you about the time me and um, franchise went and saw him and Sting in the cage in Charlotte mm -hmm. and Sting pushed him out of the cage and he took a huge bump just over the cage just to the floor yes you did tell me about that and uh I, and and then sting just drops down and they start fighting outside the ring because you know wcw there's no escape rule and there's fighting the referees just like what 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 i do yeah i open the door and let him back in you know and but I never would have thought in a million years Mick Foley would be world champion. You know, yeah. if you told me he was going to be ECW world champion, I'd have been like, yeah, yeah, he'll be yeah. ECW world champion. But WWF world champion? No. no. You know, never would have bought that. And when he won the world title, which doesn't the make first the, time, uh, which doesn't make the comments that, um, that they made, uh, that, uh, 
Why am I Tony Schiavone? Tony Schiavone, mm-hmm. you know, made on Nitro. It, it, you know, yeah, you know, we hear them and they sound so disrespectful, and you know, and they were, but in their minds and in most wrestling fans' minds, they they never imagined that he would be the world champion. Right. Well, at first, I was like, well, here's the thing. Um, I was a big Stone Cold fan, still, still am an Austin fan. Um, I was really into the Austin rock aspect of the feud. And then all of a sudden it's like Mick Foley won the world title. What? No, I want Austin to get the belt back. What? You know, but looking back and, 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 you know, like the Mark side of me, that's, you know, it's kind of died down. I'm like, really appreciate it more, but, um, at the same time, like it wasn't something you ever expected to see mick foley as the man you know right and at the same time he never had a a long run he never carried the strap for a while you know he carried it most a few weeks at a time you know and one of his reigns was only a day right but he never but but at the same time he, he he did reach the mountaintop he beat the rock he had you know and he uh and they made it interesting uh yes. with that and like I, I was actually kind of before he won it, they kept on putting him in the title mix, and I was kind of getting tired of it. So I was like, okay, all right, mankind went for the title, and he lost. Oh look, next week he's on, he's back as Dude Love. Oh look, he's going for the title again. I was like, I was kind of getting tired of seeing Foley in the title picture, and then all of a sudden, you know, they turn him, they turn him face again, right. and all of a sudden I'm like, I kind of want Foley to win the title. Mm. Well, I, 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 well, here's saying like, my thing was, if if Austin was in Rock wrestling, I wanted Austin. When if Rock was wrestling anybody else, I, I, I was pulling for Rock. So, like, they were like my my one A and one B favorite wrestlers at the time. So it was. So if so, like when. So like I, I so when you know like I'm like I want Austin to beat Rock, but I I want Rock to keep the belt from Foley, you know. So mm-hmm. it was, it was it was definitely a weird time to be a fan at at that time. Um, but I remember that was that whole time period was like vindication for me because where I grew up, you know, wrestling was like like wrestlers were like superheroes and you'd be like oh my gosh i saw ricky steamboat the other day at the grocery store you know mm-hmm. and you talked about wrestling and you played wrestling and you know you go to the playground everybody want to be the rock and roll express or you know what have you or man yeah. did you see what happened yesterday in wrestling and it was you know you come to church on sunday morning did you see yesterday blah 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 and then once i got to be like fifth grade it kind of started to peter out and that's when like i always liked wrestling that's when my fandom really jumped up like where it was like an obsession for me like not just i liked it but it was like a passion and you know and it was tougher to find people that really you know just loved it and that was when i started buying the magazines and doing all that stuff and by the time the attitude era came on you know, I remember going to work and managers talking about it and other workers talking about it. And I was like, man, this is great. I actually have other people who, you know, maybe they're casual fans, but they actually want to talk about it, you know. Mm-hmm. 
and and go, oh, you know, well, such and such happened back then. And this has, actually, those guys used to be partners, and they were a team called this. And you know, wow, I didn't know that. You know, oh, and these guys are in WCW. They used to be in WWF together, and they were a tag team, and blah blah blah. You know, yeah. So, but yeah, I don't even know how we got on this track. Oh, I do, but that's what we do. So, yeah. um, let me ask you. Which of these people that uh, got released just, you know, you know, don't matter. Like you're just like, yeah, you know, kind of either I saw that coming or just, you know, you know, they'll, they'll find work somewhere else when, when things, you know, kind of recover. As far as people who, who just aren't needle movers, is that what you're asking? Yeah. Um, I'm torn between two. Okay. One is EC3. I mean, I know he, he was big in in Impact, mm-hmm. and they tried to do something with him in NXT, but they didn't have him there long enough to establish him. Like he was there for, you know, two three months, and then it was just like, hey, you're on Raw, and then once he got Raw, boom, he's done. Yeah. And the other, and she was around for a while, but. Never did anything with her, Sarah Logan. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the third, the third wheel in the Riot Squad, and kind right. of just you know. And, and here's the thing with Sarah Logan. I mean, she's all right looking. She has all right skills. You know, um, she's just there's she's nothing high. about her. Yeah, and yes. and you know. Uh, I remember um, there was one night me and Matt were watching wrestling franchise were watching wrestling at the same time Sarah Logan came out and I said I'm not saying she's trans not saying she's a lesbian or anything like that but I'm pretty sure she can be standing up I mean there are some females that can do that you know well I mean she does all the axe throwing and going out in the woods I just she's a fighting chick yeah yeah I I just figured she trained herself to do that you know hey she could probably you know you know loot and pillage with the best of them yeah Uh, I'm kind of surprised you know being that they kind of halfway had her you know leaning towards you know the whole you know viking thing anyway and they did a a medium well, job pushing the the Viking wedding that she and you know her husband had. I was kind of surprised they just didn't repackage her as that. Well, there was talk about that. There was talk about that yeah. that she was going to go be their valet or manager yeah. or second or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, they never pulled the trigger on that. And I think that probably could have been a good fit just to add another element to them. Yeah, especially in for them and for her post riot squad. Right. Um, but, and, I, and I'm honestly, I'm honestly surprised Ruby Riot didn't get released. That would have made more sense to me because as much as I like her, she's always on the shelf. Yeah. I'm, well, she was on the shelf and I'll be honest with you until I went back and watched Elimination Chamber, which we, which we are going to talk about in just a few minutes. I hadn't even realized she'd come back, you know? Yeah. It was really just like jump back in. Yeah. Yeah. So I you know for me like you know again Sarah Logan she's just one of those people that's just kind of there um you know I've seen her you know since she was in NXT um and she's just kind of there you know 
So. Well, they've, and they've always kind of like they've never like a lot you know of some of this talent that they let go that's kind of more on the like you said not really needle movers um they just they kind of just gave a little you know no pushes just kind of small shoves a little oomph here you know they sometimes some weeks when they were riot squatting she was kind of you know she was there the Roman reigns of their squad. And all of a sudden she looked, you know, she would look really good, and really powerful. And mm-hmm. then on the next week, you know, they wouldn't let her get anything in. And it's like, okay, why is the tall girl there? Right. So which team, which, who do you think are going to be the biggest new needle movers and why is it Rusev and the good brothers? Well, they, I mean, it's going to be them. I mean, they're, you know, Rusev is world champion, you know, talent for me um and the good brothers like you said they have the cachet they can go anywhere and they're going to to move the needle and whether they go to aew whether they go to ring of honor whether they go to nwa whether they just sign non-exclusive contracts and they do what they did before and you see them in japan and you see them here in the states they're going to move the needle somewhere especially like you said they were being featured you know weekly on wwe tv so wherever they end up settling they're going to move the needle rusev is going to move the needle um outside of those three um i think slater hawkins and Ryder were also will move the needle somewhere on the uh, mid card mm-hmm. uh, other places too they will they will be a great asset anywhere they land um and i think if curtis axel goes to japan he could reinvent himself um and eventually move the needle himself uh yeah i think there's uh, i think there's some that, that there's you could easily say okay these guys could go to aw these guys could go to nwa these guys could go to japan these guys could look at mlw these guys could look mm-hmm. at impact and and position in in mid card or even upper card um I honestly wouldn't be surprised to see EC3 go right back to Impact. Oh, he'll go back to Impact. I can't see why he wouldn't. Well, you know, they do say a dog returns its own vomit, so. You know, I mean, they they have an interesting situation there, so I could see him him going back. You know, I can see, um, you know, the uh, No Way Jose's, the Leo Rush's heading to uh, an MLW or Ring of Honor. you know, like you said, Primo and Epico probably back to Puerto Rico, but they could stay in the States and find work too. Um, and they're, I mean, it's not like they're a bad tag team. It's just, you know, they just. No, no they're not a bad tag team. It's just that there was no. I'm going to talk about this with another team. It's just that when you see them, there's nothing that special about them. And they just scream, we're a mid card tag team. Yeah. And. I'll talk about this with another team later on, but it, it's just they just scream where a mid-card tag team. Oh, I agree. Yeah. But in Puerto Rico, they can be main eventers. Oh, yeah. I so. mean, they, cause they, they've got the the names, you know, they've got the the heritage. So, they've, got, they've got the one name that matters, Cologne. Cologne, yes, yeah. exactly. Um, and last, last on this list, I'll ask you to comment on, uh, Mike and Maria. Mike and Rhea. 
Maria, Mike and Maria. The Mike minutes. and Maria. Yeah, yes. I'm actually really happy for them because, you know, if you, if you backtrack their history, they were wanting to not sign new contracts. They kind of got pressured in signing new contracts. They signed new contracts and immediately regretted it and said, hey, can we get out of this? And WWE was like, no. And then they had the new baby and they mm -hmm. um, and then they kind of got put in this whole angle that was with Rusev and uh, that, that actually jump started. If you recall this whole yeah, Rusev, so Rusev. and Bob, Bobby Lashley thing, which was very confusing. And that, how it yeah. went from ricochet to Rusev to and just right. And and they were very unhappy. And um, Mike's working on his sobriety. Maria's working on being a mom. They weren't happy there. They didn't want to be there. So I was very happy for them. People that I was really happy for was Revival, Mike and Maria, because they wanted out. Yep. Um, and so uh, I thought I think that they um, really could have, uh, you know, I think it was good that they let them go. And, you know, we always hear people say, oh, Vince, you know, if people aren't happy, he doesn't want them, you know, then he doesn't want to be there. Well, you know, if that's the case, then let people go when they might be like, go. Yeah. yeah, we've had we've had so many people. There, I, I, no, I'm drawing a blank, but there's probably people still on the roster who we have talked about recently. They said they went out and they're still there because, you know, Vince is Vince. He wants to, you know, hoard all this talent. Right. But the thing is, is if you don't, it's like if you've ever played GM mode on a video game, whether it's a baseball game, a wrestling game, football game, if you make a souped up team or roster or whatever you have, if you've got all these great players or talent, athletes, wrestlers, whatever, it's really hard to feature all of them. You can't. It's impossible. Right. And some people so, want to leave because they can be featured somewhere else. <laughs> Right, so you've got to find okay. Here's who I can feature. Here's who I can. Here's who I can moderately feature. You know, because not everybody can be on top. So here's who I can put on top. Here's, you know, say eight people I can have on top. Here's who I can have on that next level, and so on down. Here, here's who can get people over, and here's who can work with people, and and kind of get in there, and have a structure, mm -hmm. and you know, for each roster that they have, but you can't just hoard all the talent and say, which they were basically wanting to do. And, 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 you know, I know him talk about and say, well, we'll just, you know, keep you here and, you know, you can train people and you don't have to work. Well, no, I want to work. Right. You know, and that was something that WCW got into and was a bad thing where they were just hoarding all this talent and they're paying people all this money yeah. and not making them work. You know, so that's a bad thing. Like, let you know, there's so many companies right now that could okay, let's go and feature this person, this person, this person. Because you know, anyone who's you know, a big AEW fan right now, sorry, but AEW doesn't have much name talent right now. If no. you're if you're a smart fan, yeah, you know who Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks are, but. The casual fan does not know who they are. Right. Now, the smart, the casual fan knows who Dean Ambrose is, but don't even know who John Mac Moxley is. Yeah, they don't know what's, who Moxley is. They recognize his, him. They'll recognize him. They don't know who Pac is. They probably know who Neville is if they see him. Right. 
They recognize them. Right. Which is why AEW's first two champions have all been former WWE champions. Right. And then you have, okay, well, Chris Jericho. He's the biggest name they have right now. So if that's who they're going to build around, but if they get some of these other guys, that's something they can build with. And even even on the tag team division, their initial tag team champions, you know, half of them in Frankie Kazarian, you know, people know from TNA. You know, and a decades. very, very brief run in in WWF. Right. But so, you're talking about a, a, a veteran of of wrestling for a long time. You know, and here's the thing. People say well, well, don't use other people's talent because that's going to make you look like, well, one, you don't have really your own talent because you're an upstart. Right. So you don't have your own talent. But if you, you have... Build your own talent, really. You know, but, but if you have, you know, the Good Brothers as your tag team champions and your secondary champion is Rusev and Chris Jericho is your world champion and then and they establish themselves and then... Hangman Page beats Rusev, and someone else beats Jericho. Well, Moxley would beat Jericho, but yeah. I'm 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 just using for examples. Okay. You know, um, and then someone else you you built up, um, beat you know wins the world title, and then, um, the Lucha Bros beat the beat the Good Brothers. Then that those titles mean more because they beat established names. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's not rocket science. It's a fairly simple formula, you know. And exactly. by the way, it, 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 I'm not a huge fan of the last of AEW does, but if you haven't, you know, caught the news on Hangman Page, go watch some of his matches because that guy's legit. Oh yeah, I I, I like Adam. I mean, he's. He's good. Um, you know, he's got some work to do, you know, mic wise and you know, he's gotta be able to say more than, than you know, that's cowboy ish, but you know, in ring he's he's you know, he's fun to watch, very athletic. In ring he's phenomenal. Very agile, you know. Mm. And you know, to for it to be twenty twenty and you're able to can kind of get a cowboy gimmick over, it's impressive. Mm. That's it's not- so he, you know, so that's definitely, um, you know. Okay, so that's now, that, that list. So let's shift. Um, actually, really, I, I want to take one aside, and I'll be okay. brief with this. Okay. Somebody WWE should have released okay. with Dana Brooke. Okay. okay. And and I'm going to tell you what. Okay, I'm going to tell you why. So back in 2016. They brought her up to the main roster mm-hmm. as Charlotte Flair's bodyguard, right. which doesn't make any sense because Charlotte Flair's so almost six taller. foot tall, <laughs> you know, and Dana Brooks like four foot three. Yeah. And so that didn't make any sense. But I want to say it was Meltzer <laughs> at the time was saying Vince thought that Dana could be she the be female Roland, Roman Reigns. I, I think he thought she could be. I think he sees a smaller China. Like she, she has the bodybuilder. I'm, I'm glad you said. I'm glad you said. Cause I'm going. I'm going there. So he, okay. So 
he, you know, the word was at the time that he thought she could be a female Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm going, well, Roman's not even over right now. So why, why do you want that? I mean, if she, you want to be a female Roman Reigns, she's already that because she's not over, you know? Yeah. I mean, she's already there in that case. So, so the other day, you know, last time we talked, we talked about the women's tag team titles and how mm-hmm. they need to start getting them over and stuff. Yeah. SmackDown, they have a women's tag title match. And I'm like, yes, finally, they're going to have a, a women's tag team title match. And so it's, you know, it, it's Bliss Cross defending against Carmella and Dana Brooke. And I'm going, who? What? How, how did they? How did they become a team? What? Right. Do they have they even met each other before? Did they? <laughs> they draw two names out of a fishbowl. Did they drop them in out of a helicopter? What? Okay. Uh, it must have been Pritchard's bag of gimmicks. But so I'm watching them, and when Carmella's in the ring, everything's pretty smooth. You know, Carmella's really improved as a worker over the years. I think we can all agree. Mm-hmm. She's she she's not Charlotte you know, or Becky, but she's, she's not, she's not top, but she's better than she was. Right. She's better than she was. Everything's pr- pretty smooth. And then, and every time Dana tags in, I mean, she's a bull, you know, yes, she is. she's got those big muscles and her arms are jacked up, but everything she does looks like a powder puff is hitting somebody. And I'm like, when you look like that, every move you do, she looks like it's going to kill somebody, you know, and you've got, I mean, she's, she's about the same height as Lexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, but she's so much bigger than them. When she hits them, it should look like she kills them. Yes. You know, and she does. And what really, I, I mean, actually made me physically angry. There's a spot that they roll out of the ring and she does a handspring elbow. She does it all the time. That's that's why that's why and, I mentioned the China reference because they had China and, doing that too. And here's the thing. Here's the thing about the handspring elbow. Excuse me. First time I ever saw a handspring elbow was 1989, the Great Muda. Mm-hmm. And when he did it, he looked like he knocked the snot right out of it. Oh, it was beautiful. Because yeah. he would hit it, and that elbow would hit you in the chest, and the guys would sell the air, would come out of their body, spit would fly out of their mouth, mm-hmm. and they would fl- face plant out of the ring. Yep. Out of the corner. And it, yep. would, it, and it would, and it looked great. Oh, yeah. And I, and I remember trying to do that in, in, you know, in backyards and stuff and doing that, whoop, 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 pow, hit the elbow, you know. And I mean, I may remember Luger selling that move like it killed him, you know. Mm-hmm. And then China did, and China even threw an extra rotation in there. She did. It, it was good. And 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 with her, it didn't look as impactful, but she threw that extra rotation in there, and it looked cool. It did. That was Dana does like my, it. That was actually like my favorite China spot. Right, and then, and then it was the only thing she could do well. You know, she couldn't even throw a nut shot the right way. <laughs> That's true. She didn't consistently do it poorly. Right. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, and so she's, you know, I kept, every time she did a, 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 a nut shot, I kept waiting for that guy from uh, Last Crusade to show up and be like, you did that poorly. <laughs> <sighs> But you know the last crusade he's referring to the the knight that guarded the 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 holy grail, holy grail for yeah millennia yeah you did that 
poorly. poorly. <laughs> <laughs> but he, but, but like, but, but I'm yeah, watching, but, but, but she does know. the back handspring elbow. And the, the, and, know, and, and, the and she, part is great. And she turned and her, yeah, she's a gymnast. She's, she's, she's got her gymnastics down, but she turns and does the elbow and, it's and like, she just tapped her. Yes. And I, and I was like, every time she does this, it's like a pillow hitting you. Yeah. There's, there's no impact whatsoever. Yeah. The tumbling is, the tumbling is probably better than anybody else ever did it. But once she tries to hit you with that elbow, it's like, eh. Yeah. And I'm like, maybe that's why Sarah Logan split her head open because like, maybe it's because she got tired of her, you know, pillowing her, you know, and you know, it, because uh, I mean, maybe she's a nice girl. I'm sure she. Uh, you know what? But, I'm sure she is. But, but honestly, okay. I feel here, that way about every move she does. Here, here, every move she does seems like she's but, pillowing them, like she's afraid I, of her own. I, I'm going to make a, a, a proclamation. In my opinion, Naomi is no longer the worst wrestler in the <laughs> WWE on the women's side. <laughs> well, Dana's been working like that for a long time, so. Well, I, I really pay attention. Usually, when I mean, usually when Dana Dana Brooke is like my remote control when she okay. comes on and changes the channel. So, I mean, I just have no interest in watching her. I mean, I know she's had a hard life. You know, her fiance died and all this other stuff, and you know, like, and, and like there was nothing more awkward than watching her with Titus worldwide. I kind of, I kind of, I kind of liked that. Like, I was hoping that that was going to keep going. You know, her as the, you know, the secretary thing. And I thought that could have been interesting if they, they did it better. She just seemed awkward with them. Like, I was just like, well, no, he, just like, just have, give me Ty, give me Tyus and Apollo. The, the, well, the, the awkwardness was when they kept, you know, doing these, uh, you know, almost like, you know, porn story you know porn like hey two black guys and a white chick type in the windows i was like all right that was just that was that was bad um no what was awkward was when they did the their what whatever that wwe show is network show where they travel from one town to the next yeah 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 well, i forget what it's called road yeah. something or whatever and apparently she farted in the back seat <laughs> i didn't see that <laughs> Yeah. I didn't see that one. I watched it because I actually wanted to see like the other people that were doing the other car trip. Uh -huh. And I was just like, oh, um, <laughs> mm. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I might, I might have to go back and watch and, that. And, 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 and Tyus and Apollo are just like, oh, man. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Oh man, I I, I have to find that because Titus he's got he's full of personality. I, I think that would yeah. probably been hilarious to watch. Yeah, uh, actually, and, one, that's another name I'm surprised didn't get released. I'm always surprised when Titus doesn't get released. I mean, I love Titus, but they they really they haven't done anything with him except for keep you know showing him sliding underneath the ring during the Greatest Royal Rumble, which was hilarious. I have that, I have that Titus shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have that Titus shirt. It, it, that's in my massive wrestling shirt collection. Oh, that that was entertaining. Um, yeah. So quick. But that was my that was my quick aside. I, the, the WWE should release Dana Brooke. Cool. Quick transition. Don't know if you uh, not 
completely wrestling related. But I don't know if you heard, but um, Rick Steiner's son got signed by the Baltimore Ravens. I, I did not hear that. Yeah, he as a as an undrafted free agent. Uh, so the Baltimore Ravens are gonna be stunnerized. Mm. I wonder if uh, Scott will bring up some ham cubes for him. He might. I don't know. You know, as long as he uh, he counts them out properly, because you know, you know, Steiner math. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, JT mentioned earlier uh, about pay per views mm-hmm. and the elimination chamber. So you said something interesting to me um, when talking about things to talk about, and you said the elimination chamber pay per view was bad. Yet it was uh, good. No, uh, no, so it was good. Yet it was bad. That's an important distinction. It's important. No, that's an important it was, it was, distinction. It was good, yet it was bad. Yeah. Okay. So, I, I so just so here, here was what Perfect was going on with me. So here's what's going on with me. So I watched Royal Rumble, got to whichever Saudi pay per view it was in February. Uh, Super Showdown, I believe. Fiend loses Goldberg, and I'm like, yeah, I'm done. I'm checking yeah. out for a while. Me too. So did I. Yeah. So I didn't watch Elimination Chamber. WrestleMania comes back around. I said, okay, I'll watch WrestleMania. So I watch WrestleMania. So last night, I'm like, well, I'm bored. I'm going to go back and watch Wrestle- Elimination Chamber. And so I sat down, you know, put it on, watched it. And I gotta say, the the you know start out first match you get Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak, right? And this was an amazing match. Like oh, yeah. I absolutely love this match. This was a wrestling match. Okay, there was no flippy doos. No one, <laughs> no no one, no one did a dance routine. They didn't do the exact same moves and flip towards each other and then pose and then smile and wait for everybody to clap. No one grabbed the other one's Johnson during the match. Yeah, that's, you know, thank God for that. It was just a great wrestling match, you know, where they told the story of, I'm going to show you I'm the better wrestler. One guy would try a move, the other would counter it, and then go for the same move and try to get it. And it was it was whole counter holding. It was working a body part, breaking moves down, and there was some really good, just pure wrestling in that m- match. And Drew Gulak pulled off one of the craziest moves I've ever seen. He did a. Are you familiar with the move, the Hangman's Noose? Yes. So he gets him in the hangman's move. If you guys don't know what it is, because it's not a really popular move. Basically, you get someone like you're going for a rude awakening, but you lift them up. So their feet are dangling, mm-hmm. and you and you pull them up. It's a move where Hawk used to do. Um, and it's not an easy move to do. You have to have crazy tricep strength to do it. Yeah. And and so you and he, and he pulls him up, and he's got Daniel. And if that's not enough, he starts swinging him. He starts running around, and he's got a swinging which was super impressive version of it. And I'm like, this is insane. And then he spins out and drops into a neck breaker. And I was like, Whoa, that is insane. Yes. Goes up to the top rope. He, Daniel runs up the top rope because we, we know a spot Daniel does where he runs up and he's going to do a backflip off the top rope. Mm-hmm. He crotches him, falls him up the top rope, does an inverted uh, superplex, superplex. Yep. into a dragon sleeper. 
you know, very fluid like, and it was just a crazy great wrestling match. Um, <clears throat> and they told the story with wrestling, you know, and, and there wasn't one dance move in there, you know, no one stopped and did jazz hands. It's amazing, you know, no one sprayed stuff on their Peter to wake them up. It was great. So, that was good, and then you had, an, and then they followed that up with another great match they had Andrade defending the U.S. title against Humberto Carrillo. Yes, and so they told a great story with that because this was when uh, Andrade had uh, DDT'd, done the hammerlock DDT on Humberto on the concrete, right, and put sad. him out of action, and then Humberto had, had attacked him back. And so now this is when they're going to show down. They're going to do the blow off. And uh, they're doing a roll back and forth match, ending sequence comes, and they're doing a series of reversals. You know, roll up package, mm -hmm. victory roll. Uh, excuse me, Andrade counters the victory roll, grabs a handful of tights, which you never see anymore, yeah. and gets the pin. And I'm like, hey, we started out two great wrestling matches yeah you know? um and they even did a spot where uh andrade went for the, the hammerlock dt out on the floor and he got back dropped out there and and zelena's going you know telling the referee what are you standing there for help him help him you know and she adds so much to a match she does she's, she's she, very good and she is so great at getting heat from the crowd um oh yeah and and, and so I thought, man, this is a great match, um, and really enjoyed that. And I hope he gets there. And that that hammerlock DDT is the way you make a DDT look vicious in 2020. Yeah. Um, because the way he hooks that leg, the way he's got the hammerlock, the way he's got everything cinched in, it just looks absolutely vicious. Um, and it, and it, I I really don't see how you protect yourself from it. I don't either because yeah. it's. I mean, you really have to just trust him to to keep you from breaking your neck. Yeah. Or at least smacking your head really hard and getting a big lump. Yeah. But you're 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 feeling that. Yeah. I but I'm I but I mean I've watched it I don't know how many times and I'm like, how how do you protect yourself from that? I, I mean know. a straight DDT, you can control more of your body, but you're really giving your a lot of your body to him with that move. So mm -hmm. You're giving yourself a you're giving you're giving everything to him at yeah. that point. I tell you what, next time we see trust. next time we see franchise, you put him in the hammer like DDT and I'll watch <laughs> up close. I gotta work I gotta work on my on my curls then because uh I, I, right now I'd accidentally kill him and we don't want that. Yeah. So then they did the first elimination chamber match of the night and it was for the SmackDown tag team titles. Yes. So we had the champions, Miz and Morrison, against the New Day, which of course was Biggie and Kofi. The your team, the Usos, heavy heavy machinery, uh, Lucha House Party being represented by Grand Metalik and let's say Dorado, also known as the Golden Lynx. Yes. And Dolph Ziggler and Robert Root. Now who weren't a bad tag team. Right. So I'm watching this match and I'm looking at how much talent is actually in here because you're, you're, you're you know, even looking at, at Rudin Ziggler, 
I, I've never made it a secret on this show that I don't like Dolph Ziggler, but he has been. Really? Two- You've never expressed that? But he has been a two-time world champion. Yes. Bobby Roode is a guy who should be a two-time world champion by now. Yeah. You've got, then you've got Heavy Machinery who, you know, here's the thing. When I first saw them in NXT, I was like, man, these guys, they're just never going to get over based on what they look like. Because yes, you got... They're, they're two ugly dudes. Yeah, because you got Tucker who's got the unibrow mm-hmm. and you got Otis who's like four foot seven and like 500 pounds. And Tucker, Tucker Tucker's built weird. Right. He's Tucker's like, built weird. He's big and he's like lanky yet stocky at the same time. Right. And you've got Otis who's just built round. Right. Yeah. He's got that pear shape going on. Right. And so I'm like, man, these guys are just never together. And again, this goes back to when I was a kid, they would have gotten over because you didn't have to have a body. Or at least right. they would have gotten over in the territory. Because right. you've been like, man, these are just two guys who are big and, you know, kick butt. And that would have been it, you know, and that wouldn't matter. But I'm going, man, these guys are just never going to get over. But the more, you know, and I was like, and I remember thinking, you know, it's funny because AOP were the tag champs at the time. You know, I'm like, man, you got two guys, teams that they're kind of pushing in NXT that aren't body teams. And AOP, I mean, they, they look a lot. AOP look like offensive. No, actually, they more they look like uh, you know NFL guards. Yeah, they I was gonna say they look like guards. Yeah, not they're, li- yeah they're not. They don't. They don't look like tackles or center. They 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 look leaner and yeah. more and more agile. And Tucker and Otis just don't look that. But then you watch them well, move. Tucker, well, 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 Otis looks like a looks like a nose nose, nose guard. guard. Or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. He does. But if you you know, or just the world's biggest center, because how are you gonna get past him i don't know, you know how, i mean if he was a center how would you get past how would you move him you got to go around him you, you're not moving yeah. him. yeah yeah so <clears throat> but now they're incredibly over especially otis oh yeah you know i mean, I mean, I mean tucker's not over otis is right over. you know I, i'd say the team is over tucker isn't over and yeah, otis the team is, is over. over right the and otis is over, is over. Yeah. and then you look at the new day you got two guys who who could who one has been a legitimate main eventer, and I think, given the opportunity, Biggie could be a legitimate main eventer. I think he's oh, without a doubt. He is. I think you and I discussed before. He is maybe the most underrated talent they have. Yes, he's the sleeping giant. Like they, yeah. they need to wake him up. You know, he's the only guy that they say is as strong as John Cena, and he is. And I mean, if you saw the stuff he did in NXT, it's it's a crime that he's not been world champion. It is. Um, and so I'm going, man, you got these guys, you got Rude and Ziggler, you got Otis, who's over, <clears throat> you got Miz. I know you're not a big Miz fan, but he is. I respect him, though, yeah. But, but he's former world champion, multi-time mm-hmm. intercontinental champion, and he's a magnet for, yeah. for you know. And, and then you got John Morrison, who not a WWF champion, but a Lucha Underground, AAA, Impact, and a bunch of other promotions world champion. Mm-hmm. And within a year, he should be WWE world champion, um, in my opinion. Um, and he's a guy that attracts attention, you know. My, oh, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, it, it, he's a guy that that the average person is going to look at and go, "Who is that guy? He looks like he should be somebody." 
Morrison yeah. looks like a million bucks. He yeah. always has. Like, well, he's got amazing physique. He's extremely handsome. You know, he's got that. He's got he, it. Yeah, he's, he's got, got it. it. Yeah. When when I when I first saw him on Tough Enough, and I lo- even though he still had like that crew cut or whatever back then. You looked at the guy. You saw, you know, the raw athleticism he had. Well, I still remember the that 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 souped up Spinner Rooney he did. Yeah, yeah. And like I remember, and I was like, this guy has it. Yeah. Um, you know, and the thing was when he first started, he was a little scrawny. Now he's filled out more. He's mm-hmm. you know, and he can do things that nobody else legitimately can. Well, I wouldn't say nobody, but most can't. Yeah. Well, he's he's, the, he's a special talent. Well, the way he can, okay, nobody not named Kofi Kingston can do. Yeah, <laughs> at least it is, there's a very small window of people that can do what he can do, and yeah, he's and he's one of the best at it. Now, now if they had brought him back when Kofi was world champion and had him work heel against Kofi oh, instead of Ziggler, oh man, that'd have been, whew, yeah, that'd have been something to watch. Had the two of them in like a Hell in the Cell match, springing off that hell at each other. So I'm looking at this match and I'm going, okay, like if you look at like the guys that have potential to be over as single stars just in that match, right? Oh yeah, you've got right. so so this is like a talent filled thing. Now, I mean, nothing against the Usos or Lucha House Party, but those they, guys have just never, never been si- right. They're not going to be, be single stars. They'll never be single stars. And, and I'm sitting there going, I'm wondering if anybody was sitting there going, "This is Lucha House Party's night." Was there any, no. I don't think there was one smart fan going, Lucha House Party's got this one. <laughs> I mean, I oh. like Lucha House Party, but no, no one's no one's thinking that. Although, uh, and I don't know if you saw Elimination Chamber or not, but uh, let's say Dorado did. did an insane spot where he climbed up on the chamber and then went hand over hand, hand out over hand. to the middle of the chamber and then kicked his feet up and did a shooting star press onto everybody out there. That was, and that I, was insane. Yeah, that was... You, I don't care how much money there was, you couldn't have paid me to do that, you know, because I would have gotten to the top of that cage and uh-huh. I would have just been hung holding on, and and and, and there would have been like rain coming down, <laughs> yellow rain, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't have done that, but it's um, but yeah, that was in things, but yeah, that was, but that was, uh, you know, that was. Uh, there was so much talent in that match, and then there was the most insane spot ever in an elimination chamber match where Otis goes to just barrel into Dolph Ziggler. He's got Ziggler pinned against one of the pods. Last second, Ziggler moves out of the way. Otis goes through the pod door and then out the yeah. back of the pod onto the floor. Onto the floor, yeah. Yeah, and we've seen people go through pods before, but yes. we've never seen anybody pop out completely through. the th- out completely out of the chamber. They really sold his power with that, right? And I was just like that. And he and the thing was, he didn't stop. He didn't have to push any. He just, poof, he just went poof. right through it. Yeah, and and you saw the the pain of plastic just go flying on the second one. Yeah, and and. It looked cool every time they showed the replay of it, and then they oh, showed yeah, yeah. afterward them picking the piece of plastic up off the awesome. Spanish nouts table. Yeah, where well, it I mean, landed. He, he's built like a wrecking ball. Yeah, so having him go through there like a wrecking ball. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a crazy moment. Right. So, 
Um, so that was, and this reminded me of, you know, back in the, the territory days, whether it was Crockett, Crockett was a good team, like a company like this, uh, Mid-South, mm -hmm. um, Florida, you could have tag teams that were main events. Yeah. Tag teams were, were presented as being equal to singles and the world tag titles could be presented being equal to the world title. title. So, um, you know, it wasn't unusual. Um, you know, mid South would have, um, the, the tag titles being defended in the main event. You'd have, you know, in Crockett, you'd have the world tag titles being defended in the main event in Florida and in, in a lot of territories that you'd have the, the tag matches being the main events. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, one of the biggest drawing programs in all of, uh, mid South, um, UWF, whatever you want to call it, but Watts territory was the, was, you know, stagger Lee, the junkyard dog mm -hmm. and Bill Watts against the, the original midnight express. So, you know, so I am looking at the talent here. I'm going, you've got teams that you could have done that with mm -hmm. and that what kind of disheartened me about some of the tag teams being let go because I think Gallows and Anderson and Revival were both those kind of like teams that could have been main event tag teams oh, yeah. back in those days where either they're both capable of being single stars or being that type of team that's going, they're such a good team, they're main events. Oh, yeah. You know, and that was something that's uh, So then the next match, and this was one I, I enjoyed more than I thought I would which is funny to say because I dig both these guys a lot. Alistair Black versus AJ Styles in a no disqualification match. And I, and I, and the reason I say I enjoyed it more than I thought was because I, it was a no DQ match mm -hmm. with the club at ringside. So I just thought it was foregone conclusion that, you know, AJ's just going to win this. Right. You know, it's going to be a job. Um, but they started to do that where they, you know, it, it, it Alistair Black's about to win. The club jumps in. They do the beat down. Mm -hmm. AJ's like, get him up. AJ's about to do the phone for him. And then the lights go out. Undertaker's in the ring. Yep. He chokes slams every everybody. And then, uh, when the lights come back out, uh, go go out, come back on. Uh, you know, Undertaker's gone. Black hits the black mass, and he gets the win. Yep. Um. And then th this is a match I had a lot of feelings about. We had the Raw Tag Team Championships, the Street Profits, the new Tag Team Champions, uh, in a return matching at Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy. Okay. <clears throat> now, first of all, you've had this running joke where you call Buddy Murphy the 250-pound cruiserweight. Because <laughs> it's, it's what he is. <laughs> okay. Now, here's, now, here is this match here is where that falls completely apart. Because you see him besides Seth Rollins. Because Tyler Black is 6'1 and 217 pounds. He's the exact same build as Buddy Murphy. And he's two inches taller than he is. I, wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't say exact same build, but their builds are very similar. Their builds are very similar. And he's two inches taller than he is. And I, I saw them, there's a there, there's a shot where they're standing side by side and I'm like, he's Seth Rollins mini me. How can he be a 250 pound cruiserweight when he says mini me and Seth's 217 pounds? But he's got, he, I mean, the, he's, he's, 
he's thick. Buddy is a thick dude for his height. But he's but and he's that, like five eleven. And that muscle mass he's got is no joke. Like, but you, but still, they're probably exaggerating Seth's weight at two seventeen. Probably. So Buddy's probably is probably a legit two hundred five. I think Buddy's probably a legit two twenty. Because he's like, you look from the side, he's thick, and his arms are, they are, he's got some, he's got some biceps on him. He's, he's got to have some, because Seth is still pretty, pretty thin. He, no, I mean, look at the two of them side by side. His body actually is not as wide as Seth. He just looks like he is. He is not. Look at him beside Seth sometime. And you realize he just looks big compared to other cruiserweights. He looks huge (laughs) compared to them. But that's what I'm saying. If you look at him compared to other cruiserweights who are like 150 pounds, he looks big. But if you look at him compared next to Seth, who is, okay, say Seth's maybe 210 pounds yeah. or 200 pounds. Say Seth's 6'1 and 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. At most, I think he's probably actually 190 pounds. But let's say he's 200 pounds. If mm-hmm. you look at him against Seth, who's probably a legit 6'1 and 200 pounds, he's not that big. Which actually surprised me, but if you look at him next to... Oh, he's next to Leo Rush when he's next to, right. you know, Umberto, who's pretty thin, you know. Right, but if you look at him next to Leo Rush or Drake Maverick or Lindsay yeah. Dorado, yeah, he's going to look huge. But you look next to him next to... Next to... Uh, ne- next to Seth, he actually looks pretty small. And I was like, oh, that's cutie, Seth's mini-me. <laughs> He looks but, like he could jump inside one of the ALP's pockets, like because <laughs> they're but, they're so big. Yeah, but I, anyway, so back in this match, I watched this but match. Yeah, but you know what? You 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 say that, but you know when he worked with Roman, he didn't look that small. I thought he did, but I mean, Roman's just a big dude, so I thought everybody looked small next to Roman. Like he, except like, Braun. Braun or Brock, like yeah, yeah, everyone else looks small, but yeah, okay. So. Anyway, so going in this match, they they made sense out of it because it's like, okay, you got the former multi-time world champion in Seth, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and is it, yes, that's former. multi-time champion. So you got multi-time champion in Seth, and the 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 former cruiserweight champion and Buddy against you know a, a fairly new tag team. So how do you make it believable this team's going to beat them again? Mm-hmm. And then you have, you know, Owens come out and not really interfere, but distract them. You, you, ha- yeah. you, you know, you have him throw the popcorn in Seth's face and <clears throat> make Seth mad. And then Seth gets Dawkins, plops Seth into the barrier. Oh, yeah. And then, and I will say this, Montez Ford has the best five-star frog splash. It's a, it's a thing. Since... Rob Van Dam. Oh, yeah. And what he does is not a straight frog flash, but a five-star frog flash because it's about the height he's getting out of it. Because a lot of people that just do a frog splash jump down or they jump out. He jumps up. Up and down. And it's about the height because that's really the only way he's going to get any impact on because he's such a small guy. The height of the extension. Because he is painfully thin. Oh, he was a track star. Like, yeah. He's, right. But he's not, he's not big. Right. <clears throat> but he, um, but at the same time, 
they are another tag team to me that just scream, we are a mid-card tag team. You know, and, and nothing against them. I, I enjoy watching them. Mm-hmm. They have some cool stuff they do. And I think Montez especially is incredibly talented. And I think Dawkins moves really well for a guy his size. Oh, he does. Like, yeah, I, mean, I mean, Dawkins gets a lot of heat. Um, I think unnecessarily and unfairly. Well, no, I mean, I, th- I think for a guy who's got a spare tire, and I mean, I can say that he he moves really well for a guy who's got a spare tire. Mm-hmm. But he, but I mean, they just <clears throat> lack that it factor that says we're going to go beyond being. They lack that spark. Does that makes. Well, I think. I think. Yeah. I mean, the team they're fun. I mean, I think, yeah, they're fun, but yeah. they just like that spark that tells me they they don't they don't scream like they don't scream like hey we're, one day we're gonna be an all time great tag team, right? I think Montez has the has the as an it factor entertainment wise, right. and I think if he why isn't he cruiserweight champion? He should be like he yeah. he could be a, a legit single star, I think, and I think he probably needs to. Unfortunately for me, watching him, the best thing about him is that frog splash. Um, oh, I yeah. Think, well, I think he does he, it from a springboard, too, and it looks amazing when he does that. Yeah. I think he needs to work um, a bit on just you know, just working as a solo. As a solo. I think he needs to work on, on his work a little bit more. And on not looking like he's 19. I don't think that's going to happen. That dude, I think he's going to look that age until he's 50. Like he, he's, he's, he's been blessed with some great skin. Um, but I think he, he works on, if he, well, I mean, just, I, be, I just from be the aspect big, of being taken seriously, grow the beard out or something, or, you know, I, well, you know, honestly, he, if he kept it that pretty, that's better for a heel persona. Um, and I think in the future, they're going to, why would you him make him a heel though? I, 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 I don't know. I just, I think he would. Be, I think, I think he would be a great heel. Mm-hmm. I just, just the way Maybe. he looks. I, I just the way he looks. I mean, he could be. He could do both. I mean, he, he he's got. He's the only reason why people. I shouldn't say the only. He's the main reason why people liked him as a team. He's well, the charisma. <clears throat> he's the talker. He's the more entertaining one. Well, here's the thing. I think he's got to get comfortable as a baby face before you try to switch him heel. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, that, that could be down the road. But I think as like as a champion, you know, he would. I don't know. Yeah, he could. He could be both. I think he's a star. He really could make a big impact. And I and I'm, he's too small probably to be seriously considered as a world champion. But I think he's got everything. Well, but he could be a, a cruiserweight champion, or he could be a, um, you know some type of secondary champion mm-hmm. so he but i mean at the same time there have been smaller uh champions i mean he it's yeah. just going back to play that 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 chicken heel that steals a belt and right. then doesn't want to defend it you know mm-hmm. or won't defend it you know uh, that honky tonk man type thing right and i don't i don't i don't know i don't think he would be a big enough baby to get the you know, Sean, Brett, Daniel Bryan type love where he could be a face champion. Um, so I think he would be the only way he would be top, you know, top of the other top of the company champion. But as a face, I could definitely see him as a, you know, an ICUS, you know, champion 
easily. And speaking of the IC, then we go to Braun Strowman defending the Intercontinental title in a three-on-one handicap match against Sami Zayn, the former champion Shinsuke Nakamura, and Cesaro. And uh, this was preceded by a great Sami Zayn promo where he says, <laughs> I'm going to work the whole match. These guys aren't even going to get tagged in. That's how badly, you know, I want to get my hands on Braun Strowman. And at the same time, he's talking about how Braun Strowman hasn't even laid a hand on him yet. Yep. After like two months. And he goes in there and he's, you know, he's, you know, selling, he's going to get in there and he's going to, you know, and the minute the bell rings, he tags out. Tags out. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, this is, this is classic heel work. Yes. This is classic chicken heel work. Mm-hmm. And the whole time he's standing out on the apron, he won't let Braun touch him. Uh, and making Cesaro and Shinsuke do all the work. At one point, you know, uh, you know, Braun's down. He does, you know, he tags in and he's putting the boots to Braun. And at one point, Braun starts chasing him around the ring, is doing the shoulder knocking, shoulder, you know, yep. keeps knocking them at, and the shoulder then, blocks, and then chases him under the ring. And you know, and, and finally. There was a nasty spot where Braun gets posted in the corner, and Shinsuke hits the Kinshasa, Kinshasa yeah, that was and smacks his head into the post doing it. And that just looked nasty. Even in the replay, a lot of times in the replay, it's like, you're like, ah, oh, that looked that looked better the first time. And in the replay, it was like, no, that still looked nasty. That still looked nasty. <laughs> yeah, that still looked nasty. And then Sammy comes in and steals the pin, and gets the belt. Yeah, and. You know, Sammy is so good at being a heel right now, and I'm loving his, his, uh, you know, his chicken heel persona so much that um, with what he's doing with that, and you know, his, you know, I've got my two guys here, and we're a family, and blah blah blah. But really, he's just getting them to do all of his work for him, and and it's great stuff. Um. And then from there, we just had the uh, the women's elimination chamber match, which was uh, Shayna Baszler single handedly eliminating Natalia, Liv Morgan, uh, Ruby Riot, Sarah Logan, and finally Asuka. Yeah, this was the established the dominance of Shayna Baszler match, right? Which we all knew beforehand that she was gonna. This was to win a, a title match with Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. And we all knew she was gonna win it anyway because they had already been pushing her and Becky beforehand. Right. They had done the spot where she bit Becky, and they were showing all the promos of that leading weird. up to the match. So I mean, you're pretty much telling everybody that's what was gonna do. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, you know, so you know, going into this match. There was really, even if you didn't see all that, there was only two women who could win this match. And that was Oscar and Peace. Right. And so, because I don't think anybody thought, hey, Ruby Wright just came back. She's going to win. No, yeah, no one thought that. N- Natalia, you know, she's only in there because she's a worker and can keep the pace. Yeah. Um, Sarah Logan. We knew, we knew Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan weren't going to win anything. Yeah, Sarah Logan wasn't going to do it. Liv Morgan, no, that's not happening. Um, and, um, I, I want to take a quick aside. All of you on my Facebook feed who, who seem to be obsessed with Liv Morgan right now, 
and just talk about how beautiful she is and how much you love her. Just remember, she used to be Enzo Amore's real girlfriend. <laughs> just let that sink in. <laughs> well, you know, she was his shoot girlfriend. She, 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 she did things with that man. Just think about that. She did stuff with him. <laughs> unspeakable well, well, grotesque things with him you think about that think about that face and her together okay <laughs> well here's the thing i though. need some pepto-bismol <laughs> i think i do too but um think of, but see here's the thing about that though that probably gives a lot of people hope because they know she's got poor taste in men hope so that, that gives me an ulcer <laughs> Well, hey, you know, I think that gives a lot of guys hope. They're like, hey, you know, she with Amore, she might go for me. I think a lot of dudes have that attitude. Wow, she has no class whatsoever. That's my type of woman. Yeah. Oh. I will say that did, you know, learning that did ruin Liv Morgan for me as well. So, so here, so I went over this and I didn't really complain about anything. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. You did. There was some true. good. There were some good matches, but, but what was missing here? A, a world champion. Exactly. Yeah. There was no world singles title match for men or women on this card. Correct. And to me, you, you've got four of those. This is true. Do not have one of them on on a, a pay-per-view just isn't acceptable you've got i mean if you go okay well lesnar can't be here we you know contract okay we all know lesnar has poo poo and and you know can't you know can't can't defend okay goldberg well you know goldberg's 85 years old and they yep. won't let him out of the nursing home but only so often okay yeah, how had to get uh, some shots to his knees so he could walk. And we got to get him some more Metamucil before he can defend again. Okay. Yep. But what about Becky and or Bailey? You I know, don't know. she's supposedly, you know, superwoman, you know. You know, why couldn't, the thing was they kept showing Becky backstage. Why couldn't we get, the whole thing was, to fight Becky. Well, why couldn't we get Becky against someone? I mean, and then, especially since the whole buildup of the women's match was to set up, you know, Baszler um, and Becky at WrestleMania. Why wasn't Becky, you know, commentating? Well, during, they just kept showing during, her in the back. The yeah, but or, why, why, or, why? or if you're going to not have Becky wrestle, <coughs> what was Bailey busy doing that she yeah. couldn't wrestle? Why wasn't, I mean, because they really didn't do anything with any of the SmackDown women. Nope. Why? Why? Why wasn't Bailey wrestling? There's, there, you know, they're trying to more and more equate the women's titles to the men's titles, they at least on the, or the, right. So, why wasn't there at least one of the titles defended? Yeah, there they were. You, you can't, you can't boost the value of a title when you still treat it as an afterthought. Right. So, to me, it was a good pay per view, but at the same time. If you've got four world singles titles and neither one of them are defended, you know, <clears throat> we got the U.S. title, we got the Intercontinental title, we got both tag titles. Yeah. 
you know, so that's four title matches. But there was elimination chambers. There wasn't one for the world title. There wasn't one for the women's title. There wasn't, you know. Which to me is just the fact that you have all these elimination chamber matches to me is just stupid. You know, there should be one elimination chamber match and that should be four. And maybe two, I guess, one for each world title, I guess, if you're doing, you know, the women's, well, the women's been... title and the men's title. Like having, I just think the whole theme pay-per-view of all these elimination chamber matches. Well, there was only the... two. There was only two. There was a, there was a women's and a tag team. Right. But, and, and, and I, I, and I think, and I mean, they've done, it, you know, two for a while, but. I just think it takes away the specialness of the match, having, you know, knowing that you're going to have multiple versions of the match. Well, I mean, I think it's cool that they started doing a women's one. I, I think that's cool. But I mean, one year they did the women's title and that was cool. And then they did the women's tag team title and that was cool. But this year it was, okay, let's see who wins, gets the women's. The shot yeah, at the title. At, at which they've done that with the men before. Right. But it was, but it was, you'd already told everybody who's going to win. Correct. Because you had her. There's attack. no point in watching. Yeah. Yeah. You had her single handedly attack the champion. Okay. I wonder who's going to get the title shot. Right. So, um, <clears throat> and then the pacing of the match was all wrong because you had Shana come in at like fourth. Fourth. Yep. And eliminate everybody, and then you had to wait around for people to come out of their pods. Yeah. And she eliminates one girl, and then waits around for several minutes, and then boom. See, I, what, I mean, what you should have done was have her come out last. Mm -hmm. You have her come out last mm -hmm. with everybody still in there, and then she just goes in and systematically eliminates everybody until it's her and Oscar. And then her and Oscar face off for about five minutes. And since Oscar was already out there, it doesn't hurt Oscar. But when mm -hmm. she's already eliminated everybody, and then Oscar comes out fresh, it hurts Oscar. Right. <clears throat> so that, and plus, it hurts the pacing when she's just standing there in the middle of the ring. Yeah, doing nothing, like looking around. Right. So it was I, that. I mean, from a pacing standpoint, it makes much more sense. Or to have her come out fifth, where she comes in and she's eliminating everybody, and then the sixth person comes out while she's doing that. Mm -hmm. But she eliminated everybody. Boom, 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 boom. And then she's got to wait on somebody. Right. So. Yeah, I, I, thought, I thought it'd been cooler if she and Oscar started the match mm -hmm. and then when three and comes out and four comes out, they kind of split off, each eliminate, you know, two and then finish the match together. I thought mm -hmm. that would have been pretty cool. Because um, it keeps both of them strong. And you know the other like you said, the other ones, the other four were there simply as cannon fodder, you know. So you, you keep both of them strong. It doesn't make Oscar losing doesn't make her look doesn't look weak. You've got Baser going on to the you know main event in you know the women's main event for WrestleMania that you you already told everybody about anyway, right? And you, you go from there. Like I think that would have been a, a good way to start and and finish that because 
you should be keep, keep, continue to keep Asuka near the title picture anyway, so you keep her looking good. <clears throat> Baszler gets her shot, and you go from there. I, I want a gif of, of Otis going through the elimination chamber door or pod mm-hmm. and you know, and, and post it and say me going to Cheesecake Factory when the quarantine's <laughs> over. I bet you can make that uh, on a, I don't know which one it is. Uh, I bet you one like that already. I have to find it. Yeah. So speaking of, so last topic here, speaking of Oscar, we had a little conversation offline uh, about what's going on with her. Yeah. So we, we actually touched on this, I think a little bit on the last show, and this is what gave me the idea was, you know, we said, we're talking about WrestleMania, we said Oscar didn't seem very motivated. She didn't seem like she was all that happy. Right. And I said, and I, and I messaged you the other day offline and said, we need to talk about what they should be doing with Oscar. And you said, what's that? And I said, in my opinion, Oscar needs to be back in NXT. And you said, you, you got my interest. Tell me more. And here's my thinking, okay? When Oscar was, and, it's, and to me, it's not a step back because NXT has changed what it is. NXT went from being a developmental brand to being a third brand, even though it's not on equal footing yet. Right. I think it could be. And they made a big step by having Charlotte Flair be the champion. Be the champion. So what I would do. And I was just jumping in. I Go think ahead. Also, also helping establish that um, was the Adam Cole. Um, Adam Cole, baby. baby. Well, no, Adam Cole, Adam Cole beating Daniel uh, Bryan on yeah, SmackDown. So which was which was fantastic. Oh, that was an amazing match. Great match. I, I'm such a huge Adam Cole fan. I'm the you know the the entire group, but Adam Cole especially. Yeah. Yeah. The era is amazing. They're the they're the most legit faction since the Horsemen. The original grouping, you know, wow. pre, you know, eighty-eight and back. <laughs> because That's you look at those, think, think about this. You look at those guys, and you can tell they have similar interests. They like each other. They hang out together. They have a bond. Oh, and yeah. if you look at the Horsemen, um, especially once Oli got out. Like maybe the eighty eight horsemen, those guys liked hanging out together and going out and drinking and partying and having a good time and they had a common bond, you know. And they liked each other and they got along and blah blah blah. And that was and they were a unit, you know, and you could tell they shared a common goal and their goal was to have the best matches and uh the you know, live this lifestyle and and that's the way the undisputed era is. Yeah, and to me, um, you know, it's just that they're younger, or some of them are. Roddy's not. Roddy's, you know. Roddy looks like he's younger than they are, but right. he's like he's like the right. second oldest. I think Roddy's is the oldest. Is he older than Bobby? I think Bobby's so. forty, like forty-one. Yeah, I think Roddy's forty-one or forty-two. Okay. <clears throat> but and Adam's young, so yeah. But if you put, you know, 
those guys, you know, you've got Adam Cole who has so much potential ahead of him. It reminds me so much of young Shawn Michaels and is working with Shawn Michaels on getting better. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's unlimited potential right there, in my opinion. But, uh, yeah, you got the, you know, so anyway, we need to get back to Oscar. So, um, wait, 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 wait. so Bobby Fish, born in 76, he's 43. Roddy, born in 83 in July, so he'll be turning 37 this year. Well, that's the exact same as, as age difference as me and the, the missus. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then, um, except I'm already 44, so. Okay. Yeah, so there's, I, 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 Roddy, he's, I mean, even though I, he's, he looks like he's 26, he's got a baby face. Yeah. And I think Adam Cole is like 32 or something like that. Um, he, yeah, he's born in 89, so he just turned. He'll be 31 this year, July birthday. Yeah, Jim Cornette talks about me and Cole when he was like 19 or something like that. And, and, you know, and he could already talk. And he was like, yeah, we're keeping this guy. Well, yeah, I mean, he's, he oozes. um, Charisma? Charisma, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. like people, I, people, I don't understand why people dislike the Shawn Michaels comparison with him. I'm like, how can you not see it? Like, well, they look just alike, so it's, it's yeah. I mean, it's apparent. You look at the guy, and it's like you can't tell me that this guy isn't doesn't isn't cut from that same cloth. <clears throat> well, where where was Shawn Michael? Uh, was Shawn Michaels around Lancaster, Pennsylvania, in 1988? He probably was. You know, they did a lot of work. In, they did a lot of work in that, t- you know, that part of the country. So you never know. He yeah. Could be. You know, he 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 really could be his uh his son there. You never know. Yeah. And then um uh just not to leave him out because I do like him. Kyle O'Reilly is thirty three. So the majority of this, you know, of this group is you know pretty young still. So I think if you put those guys, you know, those guys could definitely still be, you know, a big future to this business. And, you know, especially if you're going to make NXT a viable brand, mm-hmm. you know, those guys are a big part of that. And, you know, they, you know, it, Part of me says give them another, like an actual manager, even though they don't need anyone to talk for them. But if they had that person to run interference for them, and interfere in the match, right? But if they had that fifth person to interfere in their matches when they're in an eight-man or they're in war games or something like that, would you give? See. Would you give them a manager? Or would you give them maybe? No, I'd uh, give them a manager. I'd give them a Paul Ellering or somebody like that. See, one one thing about them that I like is that they're they're similar to the great stables of the past, but they're still their own unique personalities and styles. Like they're 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 different while still being reminiscent. Um, 
I would actually think they would probably be able to put like like how Sanity had um, Nikki Cross. Like I think they could have a woman wrestler on in their stable. Who's a woman wrestler that they know that might be able to pull something out like that off? Well, she's currently on contract, so I, I don't. Right, know that, but, but they they do. Why? Know. Why WWE didn't didn't snap her up when they had the chance? It, it's, it's still it still amazes me they they kept showing her face every time she she's there to watch. Out of work because if there's because to me she's one of the best workers and you got the gimmick that she's a real doctor yeah and have you have have you noticed she's gorgeous by the way i have noticed all right you know you know it's like you know i just wonder you know in their house do like her and adam fight over the mirror all the time oh clearly and also yeah. over like hair brushes and stuff like yeah obviously yeah, yeah. but yeah, she fight she over who, who's prettier and stuff like that yeah like that was like uh like rick when rick fox was married to vanessa williams they, that was definitely always fighting over the mirror yeah without a doubt well if you ha- if you did put a woman on them and obviously dr Britt baker um is not available who would you consider potentially putting with the undisputed era if you gave them chelsea a- green Okay. Yeah. Don't okay. I don't even, I don't even really have to think about that. Chelsea Green. No. Yeah. I. I. Mm-hmm. She wasn't one that came to my mind initially, but yeah. I, I'm with my. I'm thinking. I'm like. I can't really see a whole lot of them fitting, but he. She could fit. Yeah. She's got the charisma. She's got the personality. She's got the looks. And she could definitely play the arrogance. <clears throat> I mean, and and and, if, and, and yeah. they're all chicken heels. Like she could do that too. And her and Brett are friends too. So, okay, yeah, that's that's actually a really good fit, and that would definitely give her a rub that she that she needs. Yeah, because they're not doing much with her, and it's not like see, I mean, yeah, Tegan wouldn't work. Dakota mm. Kai wouldn't work. Um, no, and, and I, I wouldn't use someone who's already well established. It'd have to be somebody who you kind of know, but not really know, and and bring them in, and you know, yeah, you, you know, have somebody come, you know, have her come out of the crowd and interfere, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> you know, that'd be you know, or, you know, have. Uh, you know, undisputed error against, uh, you know, Gargano and Champo, and Candice LeRae be at ringside. Have her come in and take out Candice LeRae, Candice LeRae or something. Yeah. Yeah. Who, by the way, is an extremely underrated worker herself. Well, we know the fifth. Unfortunately, WWE seems to just see her as a good hand. Um, but I think they could do a lot more with her. See, I don't see star power in her, but. I do. I think I don't. I don't. I'm not saying she could be Becky Lynch or Charlotte Flair or Alexa Bliss, but I think she could be that next tier down. Okay. Like because she's so fun and high energy and so cutesy. 
She's somebody people get behind. She could be the blonde Bailey. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, before Bailey was Karen, you know. Right. We're talking, yeah, obviously we're not talking kill Bailey. We're talking, you know, right. Bailey, buddy, Bailey. Yeah. Okay. Well, we do know, okay. But she before, be, uh, you know, Bailey was busy talking to managers. Right. Well, at the end, I think I can see that, and that would be a good way to, to potentially introduce something like that. Um, but we do know Oscar would not be the choice of the undisputed era, right? But she would bring you know an additional credibility to NXT, establishing it, and you think it would revive her career? Yes, I think it would. And then, of course, you asked me, "Well, what would you do?" And I said, "I'm glad you asked. Cause I already know exactly what I'd do." <laughs> Um, and what I would do is I would have her, you know, the, you know, the talk has been that Charlotte Flair would be defending the title among different brands on all three shows. Right. And so, you know, what I would do is have Oscar take issue with that and say, no, that's the NXT title. It belongs to NXT. And Charlotte say, well, you know, hey, if you got a problem with it, you do something about it. And, you know, you know, kind of taunt Asuka and say, hey, you know, you've never beaten me before. Mm -hmm. I'm the one who ended your undefeated streak. And I'm the one who beat you for the women's title. I took the women's title from you, and I'm the one who took it to the women's main event at WrestleMania. And, you know, point out, hey, you've never beat me. Right. But I've got your number, and now I've got the belt you used to have, and I'm doing what I want to with it. And I would <clears throat> hype that up on, say, Raw. I'd mm -hmm. do that, have them come out on, say, Raw and do that. Talk about it on NXT. Asuka's natural to SmackDown. I'd have Asuka... And her have a, you know, a killer match main event in SmackDown, mm -hmm. and I would have it be extremely competitive. Have Charlotte go for the figure four. And yes, you go for the figure four, not the figure eight. You have to do the figure four first. Yes. And, um, in one of her transitions, Oscar Trapper get her in the Oscar lock, mm -hmm. get the tap. Uh, and then you really think they'd have Charlotte tap? <clears throat> she's tapped before. Rare, but okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, she tapped one of the stupidest spots I've ever seen when Sasha put her through that railing. Yeah. And that false count anywhere match. Um, so I'd have her tap and then have Oscar return. You know, and hey, you could even do it on Raw the next week, actually, and you know, build it up for a solid week. Boom, you know, and then that Wednesday night, you have the returning Empress, not the Empress of tomorrow, because now she's the Empress, right? And have her come back and bring the belt back to NXT. Mm -hmm. And you know, hey, if anybody wants this belt, they come to NXT to face it. And you put her back where they have the people who know how to book her creatively, mm -hmm. 
where she was the happiest, where she was the most at home, where she was the most motivated and can ha and she can be rejuvenated, where she can be revived. And maybe she can work with some of the talent, help them. And then you can shuffle some people in from Raw or SmackDown to go and work matches with her. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but let's face it, they've dropped the ball with her since she's gotten there. Because she went from oh, yeah. being undefeated to where she does jobs on TV. Yeah. You know, I mean, before WrestleMania, she did a job to Alexa Bliss. That made me happy. But probably not her. Infuriated me. I was like, this is no way. Probably didn't make her happy. And it obviously it didn't make her fans happy. Yeah. That wouldn't have happened a couple of years ago. Right. But you can take her back and get her and start building that mystique back up again. Mm-hmm. But to do that, you need to give her a big signature win by having her beat somebody like a Charlotte. Yeah. Get that belt back, and then have her, ha you know, get her versus Rhea Ripley and her mm -hmm. versus some of the other women that are there. Yeah. Um, some crossovers with UK. There are some really good matches that could be had. Mm -hmm. Um. I just went blank. The the Tony uh, Storms. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. I can't. I, I went blank on her name. I absolutely love her. <laughs> uh, I, it definitely could work. I could see it. Um, I I my, my I, I, I see that as the only viable option for Oscar. My, my only thing is that the fans. I think the fans would be disappointed because <laughs> then she's no longer, you know, then she's no longer on the road, and I think. You know, even though the fans enjoy seeing her, you know, city to city, even though they're not booking her well. Well, do you want to see your favorite be successful or do you want to see your favorite person and lose? Then that's going to be the question for some people would be, do I want to see my, you know, do I see, want to see Oscar lose in person? Or do I want to see her win on TV? Well, and also, I don't think once this pandemic is over and once thing life returns to kind of normal so to speak mm -hmm. i don't think we'll see nxt stay home you think nxt is not going to still just be in florida no i think because they were already doing some shows where they weren't there even with there that, before they that, went to USA. That is true. I mean, they did. They had done some shows in Texas. They had done some shows at Center Stage. They did they run were, a show in in Allen and in Bethlehem at Stabler. Well, that that was a house show. I mean, I'm talking. About they had done some TV shows oh, from Center did, Stage oh, and in Texas and outside? stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. So I don't. I don't. I couldn't see why they wouldn't. You know, if they're going to be competing at AEW, they wouldn't say, "Okay, let's go." here here you know even mm -hmm. if it's, we're just going and and going out there that day or flying out there the day before and then coming back the next day right and doing that if it's a more focused controlled loop right mm -hmm. so i mean but yeah they've done a lot of house show tours that's not yeah. anything new they've come to bethlehem several times yeah so i just i didn't know they had done tv tapings outside yeah. of uh, of florida okay yeah 
Well, see, from, yeah, I can see that, but you know, and, and, for, and for me, they, my my fan. And if they want, get more names too, like they already got Finn. Um, if they get Finn, if they got Oscar, if they get a couple more people to move over, then they've got a more viable reason to travel mm -hmm. and sell tickets. Right. Jeeks, thank you as always for listening to Breaking Ring Rust, wrestling podcast by Jig Nation. I am Rocky Mr. Magic. He is the cold hard JT. Until next time, get yourself over, Marks. One day we have to do a behind-the-scenes video of just my like some bliss collection. Yes, yes. If you didn't know, he has an altar uh, to Alexa Bliss. It's not an altar; it's a shrine. Show shrine. some respect. <laughs> <laughs>